It's good to be in church today, and uh, we're picking back up in our landmine series that Pastor began uh, last week, and and uh, we were thinking about several things concerning jealousy. I'd like to begin today by directing our attention to the Song of Solomon, chapter eight and verse number six. If you have your Bibles, like to do as I do, and maybe mark a few spots in your Bible. Song of Solomon, eight and six. Can we read this together? Set me. As a seal upon thine heart, as a seal upon thine arm, for love is strong as death. Jealousy, everyone said jealousy, is cruel as the grave. The coals thereof are coals of fire, which hath a most vehement flame. And so our our subject is landmines, and, and the imagery that we're conjuring up is the idea that there are certain things in our life that kind of lurk beneath the surface, and uh, certain things can activate it and cause it to explode in our life. And jealousy and envy are, are one of those things that if you're not careful, it can explode into your life and cause great destruction. Let's look at Proverbs 14 and 30. Could we read this together? A sound heart is the life of the flesh, but envy. Remember, Pastor taught us last week that envy and jealousy uh, biblically speaking, those two words are interchangeable. You can, you can use them interchangeably. So a sound heart is the life of the flesh, but envy, everyone said envy, and rottenness of the bones. So let me begin today by making a very strong assertion. I believe that jealousy is one of the most prevalent and destructive sins within the church. Not just within the world, but within the church. Jealousy will turn lifelong friends into enemies. Jealousy will turn happy families into fighting families. Jealousy will hinder a ministry and disrupt the unity of the church. Jealousy, once activated, is hard to get rid of. It goes off like a bomb, wreaking havoc in every direction. Jealousy often keeps people from reaching their full potential because they become discontent with the calling and the gifting that God has given them. And so they destroy their ability to be used of God or by men because they're consumed with jealousy. Look at your neighbor and say, jealousy is a bad deal. It's a bad deal. I remember seeing this very thing happen up close and personal uh, in the life of a man in our church growing up in in Chicago. And uh, this is just one of dozens of real-life stories that that I could uh, share with you today. But because this happened so long ago, I, I feel as though I can tell this story without risking harming anyone uh, or, or, uh, or doing any damage to anyone's reputation. And, uh, but uh, I do want us to understand that jealousy often causes people to remove themselves from godly authority. How many uh, understand that we need godly authority in our lives? Every one of us, including myself, I need godly apostolic authority in, in my life. So... As most of you know, Dad, or Pastor French to you, started a church on the west side of Chicago back in the early 80s. And uh, Dad was younger than I am right now when he started that church in Chicago. And he went into an area where people said uh, uh, that a Pentecostal church just is not going to grow in this area. But the church did very well, and it, it grew quickly. And uh, Dad became known as a featured church planter in the United Pentecostal Church. 
Uh, he gained recognition as one of the premier scholars in Pentecost. And, and dad's really too humble to ever tell some of these stories, but I, I can tell them. And uh, dad became a featured speaker. He became a featured writer. And uh, he began flying back and forth from Chicago to Indianapolis on a weekly basis uh, to teach theology at Indiana Bible College. And all of this happened at a relatively young age, younger than I am right now. And now, uh, and there was a man in our church at the time who was a good man. He was a lay minister in the church, but he began to covet dad's station. Y'all still with me? You see, uh, and he was quite a bit older than dad was. And it began, I believe, with a resentment of the fact that his pastor was younger than him and that his pastor was uh, well-liked and accomplished. And he became discontent with the particular type of calling that God had placed on his life to be an Aaron and not a Moses, a Jonathan and not a David, so to speak. Now, if he would have allowed God to help him get control of his jealousy, y'all still with me? I know I'm being a little personal right now. If he could have allowed God to help him get control of his attitude and his jealousy, it's very possible that he could have been uh, a Joshua. Amen? God could have raised him up and he could have been promoted in the kingdom when Moses moved on. But because he allowed his spirit to spin out of control, he removed himself from spiritual authority. Now... When you remove yourself from pastoral authority without biblical cause, then you have also removed yourself from God's authority and you've become a spiritual maverick. Spiritual mavericks are operating outside of God's will, outside of God's plan, outside of God's blessing, outside of God's favor, and outside of God's protection, and outside of God's true anointing. How many want to have true apostolic anointing in your life? You cannot, listen to this preacher, you cannot have genuine apostolic authority and anointing unless you are under anointing and under authority. And so uh, this man removed himself from authority and, uh, and he removed himself from all of the benefits of being underneath godly authority. Fast forward 30 years, and I don't say this with any pleasure, I don't say this with any joy. In fact, I say it with a broken heart. But if you fast forward 30 years to today, uh, he's lost his children. He's lost his marriage. He's lost what little ministry he had in the first place. And it all started with a little unresolved jealousy in his life. Jealousy, the Bible says, becomes like rottenness of the bones, like a silent cancer that spreads rapidly and without remorse. And I think if we're being honest here this morning... We would all have to admit that we've wrestled with and battled against jealousy at one time or another. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, how accomplished you are. You've wrestled with jealousy at one point or another in your life. It doesn't matter how successful you become, how skilled you are, advanced, renowned. Uh, It doesn't matter how likable you are because there's always someone who is better Faster, stronger, richer, happier, smarter, wittier, more advanced, more relevant, all of these things. And that's why it does not matter where you are in life's journey. You have to guard yourself against the root of envy and jealousy. I wish someone would say amen. We have to guard ourselves. I don't care if you're one of the wealthiest men in the world. There's going to be someone wealthier than you that you could look at with envy and jealousy if you're not careful. And make no mistake about it. People do it every single day. I have found now 
I don't want to just tell us what the problem is without talking about some of the solutions. And I found that one of the best ways to start dealing with envy and jealousy is to simply acknowledge to yourself and to God, not to necessarily to everyone around you, that might not would be wise, but to yourself and to God, acknowledge that jealousy exists in your heart, or perhaps that there's a root there that needs to be dealt with. Anybody understand what I'm trying to say? You can never, the first, the first step to dealing with any sin problem in your life, with any, with any uh, frustration in your life, is always to acknowledge that the problem is there. When you look the green-eyed monster in the face, it helps you to gain perspective and gain control over what's really going on. One of the, one of the most dangerous things that Christians do is to fail to acknowledge the issues that are going on internally. When we put on a facade and we just pretend like everything's perfect and we ignore what's happening on the inside, it produces the potential for a landmine to explode in your life at any moment. We've got to be willing to say, hey, there's an issue here and I need to deal with it. And I think that's a small part of what it means to confess our sins. Because there can be no forgiveness or reconciliation with God or man until we confess or acknowledge, everyone said acknowledge, acknowledge that the sin is there in the first place. Sometimes in my life, uh, when I'm mad, and uh, I, I do get mad once in a while, or angry, and uh, I get angry once every 10 years or so, or, or if I just, here's one, if I just generally dislike somebody. <laughs> Have you ever met someone where you just immediately disliked them? That's, it's okay to be honest today. We're, we're taking the mask off. Have you ever met someone where just some, you just immediately disliked that person? You, they never, maybe you never even spoke to them. You just kind of saw them immediately disliked them. And, and one of the rule of thumb in my life is that whenever I meet someone and I just automatically dislike them or I or I'm, find myself mad or frustrated or dealing with anger and I'm not exactly sure why, I, I do a quick self-examination of my own heart to see if jealousy is at the root cause of those extreme emotions. And can I just tell you, more often than I care to admit, when I begin to dig deep, I find that there's some kind of jealousy or some offshoot of jealousy that is causing me to be frustrated in my relationships. By the way, this principle applies to all sin problems. We need to dig deep and look down and see what's happening inside of us. Hiding sin, ignoring sin, covering up sin, faking righteousness, or simply slipping into denial. Everyone said denial. Always ends badly. It always ends in something destructive happening in your life. Acknowledging sin and facing it head on with the help of God. How many know we can't face sin by ourselves? When you start trying to deal with jealousy and you start trying to deal with sins like pride and rebellion and anger and bitterness, you can't, you can't deal with those sins on your own. You need the power of the Holy Ghost in your life cleansing you. You need the consuming fire of God to be a purging flame in your life that will consume the root of bitterness. We can't do it by ourselves. When we start trying to fix these kind, these are deep spiritual problems. Listen, the world right now is a mess because of jealousy and envy and bitterness and anger and hatred and all of these things. And we cannot do it in our broken human condition. 
How many know that our human condition is broken? It's busted. It's messed up. We need the help of the Holy Ghost. This world needs the help of the Holy Ghost. This church needs the help of the Holy Ghost. The United Pentecostal Church needs the help of the Holy Ghost. Every man, woman, child, girl, and boy needs the help of the Holy Ghost to cleanse us and purge us from all unrighteousness and all root of bitterness. Jealousy is one of those sins that you, you, you can't handle it by yourself. You, you better give it to God because jealousy is, is going to destroy the handler every single time. And so denial is the worst thing that a Christian can do. We should acknowledge it head on. You know, they say, I'm, I'm, pardon me for giving a, a disturbing and slightly depressing statistic. Uh, it's hard to teach about jealousy and not be a little, a little depressing. But they say that nearly 50% of people who die of cancer die because they ignored the symptoms for months before they ever sought treatment because they were afraid of what the diagnosis would be. You know, I think that we often do that when it comes to spiritual things. We, we, we put off dealing with it and we're afraid of what we might find if we really dig deep into the contents of our heart. Hey, we've got to get past all of those things and we need to get straight to an altar whenever we can and say, Lord, do a spiritual operation in my life because I will not allow the root of jealousy to destroy me, to destroy my family. Jealousy will destroy a family faster than just about anything. When jealousy gets into a family, it can be among siblings sometimes. One of the worst things that can happen to brothers and sisters is when they allow jealousy to creep into their heart over one thing or another. And jealousy always stems from a mixture of ego and selfishness. How many know that selfishness and ego are both a a very bad thing to allow to grow in our life? I don't care how successful you are. I don't care how accomplished you are. Ego will get the best of you. And uh, selfishness will get the best of you. And, it, and it's always manifested in negative speech or gossip or slander. That's usually how jealousy first begins to rear its ugly head with gossip or slander or, or some kind of conversation. But many times in the, its most extreme form, it advances to physical harm. It was jealousy that drove the Jewish leaders to kill Jesus and persecute his disciples. Here Jesus was, uh, this young startup, and he's healing the sick, and he's opening blinded eyes, and he's unstopping deaf ears, and, and he's gathering masses of people. People by the thousands are coming to hear him teach, and the synagogues, uh, the, the Pharisees and Sadducees, their qu- crowds are dwindling as Jesus' crowds are growing. And I don't want you to think for one second that jealousy was not a factor in In their hatred of Jesus. Hey listen. When it comes to spiritual things. We should always be on the Lord Jesus Christ's side. If Jesus is in it. Then we ought to put our own egos aside. Our own pride. And say I want to do what's best for the kingdom of God. I want to do what's best for people. And so it was jealousy that played into that. And that continued with Peter. James and John. They persecuted them. You know what they hated about Peter? They saw that he was an unlearned and ignorant man. He didn't go to college. He didn't have a fancy degree. He was just an old fisherman from the wrong side of the tracks who who had a little fish oil on his hands. And and uh, and he wasn't as well spoken and articulate as they were. And he didn't have all the right connections and the right friends. And yet when he stood up on the day of Pentecost, uh, he began to preach and the Holy Ghost began to fall on those people. and, And people began to turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Pharisees hated it because they saw somebody who wasn't supposed supposed to be a success standing up being used by God and jealousy destroyed them 
Hey, I want you to know, jealousy will cause people who are capable to never be used by God, and God will move over to a humble fisherman, a humble person, maybe who doesn't have all the fancy degrees and all the right things going for, and God will say, I can use this person because he has a humble and a contrite spirit. Your attitude matters more to God than your credentials. Amen? A right spirit matters more to God than all of the accolades that the world can give you. And jealousy many times comes uh, because of spiritual blessings or we're jealous because of someone's spiritual blessings. It's almost unthinkable. Uh, it's almost beyond comprehension that someone could be jealous of another's spiritual blessings and privileges. Uh, but that's really been the case from the beginning of time. It was jealousy over God's approval of Abel that moved Cain to murder his own brother. How many remember that story? Uh, God accepted his sacrifice and God uh, and, and God said, I'm going to uh, I'm going to accept Abel's sacrifice. But Cain, I'm not accepting yours. And it caused a, a brotherly jealousy that led to mur- the first homicide. Jealousy is a dangerous thing. Joseph's brothers were jealous of him because of his spiritual blessings and his God given prophetic insight. Now, all of us could sympathize with feelings of frustration that these brothers must have had when their little brother comes and says, hey, listen, uh, I've had a vision from God, and you're going to be bowing down, you're going to be kissing my feet, you might would want to sell them into slavery too. And, uh, and they did. <laughs> they really it didn't set well. Maybe uh, I've sometimes wondered, I, I don't know that this is theologically accurate, but I've sometimes wondered if, if maybe Joseph in his youthful zealousness, maybe... It just had a little lapse of wisdom when he shared his vision with him so quickly. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? Maybe that's one of those things you just kind of keep your mouth shut and say, thank you, Jesus. Uh, I'll, I'll receive it when it happens, Lord. Let's not talk about it too much. Maybe I'm off base. Pastor can correct me later. But it just seems like that's one of those little nuggets of information that if God gives it to you, you just kind of keep it to yourself. Anybody know what I'm talking about? There, there's some things we might should just be careful and, uh, and so uh, it's, it's important that, uh, that jealousy goes, goes to a place where we can deal with it. And, uh, and so his brothers, of course, they, they contemplated killing him and then they sold him into slavery. But look at how powerfully jealousy influenced their actions. Jealousy begins with a thought. It begins with something internal. But if it's allowed to go unchecked, it will eventually become an action in your life. And that's a dangerous thing. Jealousy spawns rebellion. Everyone said rebellion. Miriam and Dathan became jealous of Moses' authority. Here we keep coming back to that theme. Now, I could have approached jealousy from several ways, and uh, you're going to notice that I'm, I'm mostly approaching jealousy from the standpoint of, of the church and how jealousy impacts us as a church family, a church body. But all of these principles also apply uh, to marriage relationships, family relationships, but we're kind of talking about it in the big picture of the church. But it was jealousy of Moses' authority. We keep coming back to that theme of authority. How many know that authority is important? And, and because of that jealousy, it caused them to act on their jealousy, which led them to be severely punished by God. And you can read that in several places, and I won't take time to do that. But it was jealousy over uh, authority in their life. Number seven, jealousy will destroy... A leader's ability to lead. This is one of the saddest things 
that can happen is when people who are capable leaders, people who are good people, uh, and start off strong. You know, one of the most tragic stories to me in the Bible is the story of King Saul. King Saul was, was uh, he was a striking individual. He was head and shoulders taller than, uh, than everyone around him. He was somebody that commanded attention. Uh, he was a warrior. He was a leader, and he started off humble, and uh, he just seemed like someone who was going to finish strong. He just seemed like one of those people who was destined to succeed in life, to, uh, to be a shining example. Uh, but jealousy, and among other things, ultimately brought King Saul to his knees. It was jealousy that drove Saul to hate David, even though David had done nothing but be loyal to him and support him. And it was when Saul heard the ladies, remember this story, heard the women, they were singing uh, in the streets. They were singing his praises. They weren't even uh, being ugly to him. They were singing his praises. But having his praises sung wasn't enough for him. He overheard that David was also being sung about. And, uh, and his praises were just a little bit better than his praises. See, that's what jealousy does. The good things in your life aren't good enough. The blessings in your life aren't, aren't good enough. The, the, the good things that people do are never good enough because you're consumed with what's happening to someone else. It's, a, it's an extreme form of self-centeredness that, that will destroy your relationship. And so it caused him to have a deadly rage inside of his heart. Jealous people are always tormented when they hear others praised in their presence. If, now let me just say this. If you're ever to a place where when you hear somebody being complimented or you hear something nice being said about someone else and you instantly have anger or malice or something jump up in your spirit, you know what I'm talking about. There's not going to be a red light that flashes on your head, but you can feel it when that happens. When you feel that flash happen in your life, you ought to stop and say, Oh, I, I need to get in a, a, to a place where I can pray. I need, to get, I need to talk to God for a while about this because something is active. I've just stepped on something. And if I don't, if I don't take care of this right now, something's about to explode in my life. And, and jealousy is about to get a grip on Listen, once jealousy explodes, it's very hard to take it back. Once the work of jealousy has been conceived, it's very hard to get it back. That's why it's so important. That's why I'm pleading with somebody today. And if I wasn't teaching, I'd just start running around and preaching it to you. I'm pleading with somebody today. Stop it before it's too late. Get a hold of it before it takes control. Go ahead and get in a prayer closet now while it's not too late, while you still have time. Get a hold of this thing before it it wreaks havoc in your life. Jealousy is a sign of spiritual immaturity. Someone said immaturity. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I want to be spiritually mature. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who seem mature in some areas, but spiritually they're very immature. And, you know, one of the things that this conjures up in my mind, if you have your Bibles, let's turn to 1 Corinthians 3 and 1. It's behind me here, but if you had your Bibles, you could turn there. I've noticed that children have almost no filter for jealousy. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Children are, you know, and I have two small children, and, uh, and uh, especially my youngest son, I mean, he has no filter at all for jealousy. And, and the, the only good thing about kids, though, is that they're very vocal about their jealousy. So they're not ashamed to tell you, hey, uh, so if, if, uh, if, if Julia gets, a, you know, something, any, if she gets... 
a, you know, a, an ice cream or, or a toy or something, then, uh, then if Talmadge doesn't get it immediately, like right then, like if, if we're at, if we're at the, the Holy Ghost-filled Chick-fil-A, and, uh, and my kids love Chick-fil-A, and if we're there, and, uh, you know, they have to get the ice cream in order, you know, they'd make one first, and then they make the other one. And if Julia gets hers first, if they hand it to her first, Talmadge is immediately, why don't I have ice cream in my hand right now? Where's my ice cream? They're getting it, Town. I want my ice cream right now. See, that's a, that's, a, that's a sign of immaturity. That's what a child does. I don't have my ice cream in my hand right now. And that can be the longest 30 seconds of my life standing in Chick-fil-A. You know, and, 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 and by the way, when you're trying to teach your children life lessons in the, in the fast food restaurant, that gets embarrassing as well. Now, son, we need to, you know, we need to try to be patient, you know, and you're trying to be real mature, and you really just look silly as your son's just, because he wants his ice cream. He, he's, he's feeling that little, that little root of jealousy that just creeps up, and that happens every day in every way. You know, if uh, my kids, my kids even, is, is this okay? I want you to love my children when we're done here. They're good kids, really. They're just normal kids. Um, but in, in, if if I could really get personal and tell you stories about me and my two brothers when we were kids, but I won't do that. I'll pick on my kids. But, uh, you know, we even have a thing where both of my children are at that, that age where they want to open doors themselves. You know what I'm talking about? There's that age where you start wanting to assert a little independence. They want to open the door themselves. And so when we pull into the garage, they both get out there. It's a race. To who can get to the door first and be the one to open the door? You know, and I'm thinking, my goodness, I, I, if I never opened a door again in my life, I'd be okay. But, but uh, they want to do that. And so, and then if one of them gets there first, and it's usually Julia because she's bigger, and uh, then he's jealous. Well, I want to open. So then we have to shut the door and let him open the door. That's what jealousy does. It's immaturity. And children, children are naturally immature. And, uh, and when we first come to the Lord, when we're first saved, when we first begin a relationship with God, I, I don't care how mature you are in the natural, spiritually, there's a level of immaturity there that, has to, that you have to grow and mature into. And that's what Paul, we're about to read this, that's what Paul is talking about. But in children, we see it illustrated so naturally. So, and, and, but oftentimes, what really happens, I, I heard a, a child psychologist say this one time, that kids really just verbalize the things that we all really think deep down. You know, kids will often say things that we're all thinking, but kids have no filter, so they just say it anyway. And so kids, they're not ashamed of their jealousy, but many times we have the same type of jealousy that children have. We just kind of keep it quiet. We're smart enough to know we're not supposed to be that way, so we kind of keep it pushed down. But jealousy and envy in a spiritual sense, when it comes to the things of God, when it comes to the church of God, how many are thankful to be a part of the church of the living God today? And so when it comes to the church of God, we're the family of God, we're the body of Christ. When it comes to those things, when you see jealousy constantly, now we all struggle with a level of jealousy at one point or another. We all have to push it down and and deal with it. And most of us are dealing with it actively. But when you see someone who constantly allows jealousy to get the better of them. Anybody know what I'm talking about when I say get the better? You know, we all struggle with certain things. But, but you know what the, the difference is when you let it get the better of you. When you let it take control of you, even if it's just for a moment. You know, if you're constantly, you may say, well, I don't have an anger problem. I only hit someone once a month. Well, that's an anger problem. If you allow, if you allow anger to get the better of you, 
even if it's just once in a while, then, then you've got a problem that you need to deal with. And if you allow jealousy, when you see someone when it comes to, to spiritual things and they allow jealousy to get the better of them over and over, how many know that all of us have propensities towards certain failures? There's certain things that we just kind of lean towards. And you ought to know what those things are, by the way. The things that, that, I, that might would cause me to stumble might be very different from the things that might cause you to stumble. And you need to be honest with yourself about the things that can trip you up. And by the way, you should avoid those things at all costs. Listen, if driving by the liquor store causes you to struggle, you shouldn't drive by the liquor store. That's just free. I just thought I'd throw that in there. <laughs> Stay away from things that cause you to stumble. Be careful about things that cause you to stumble. You, you should know what those things are. And, and when you see someone who's constantly coming back to jealousy, you know that that's a sign of spiritual immaturity. There needs to be spirit. Whenever there's immaturity, that means there, there's some growth that needs to take place. How many want to continue to grow in the Lord? I don't ever want to be at a place in my walk with God where I've arrived. Whenever you get to a place in your relationship with, with God and you say, well, hey, I've arrived. I'm everything I need to be. That's an arrogant spirit, number one. You need to get rid of that. But you, you should always be growing and striving. And, and Until we're with the Lord in heaven, we're never going to be all that we were meant to be. While we're on this earth, we're going to be struggling and stumbling and getting up and walking and continue to run the race with patience because that's what we've got to do until we're with the Lord in glory someday. So look at what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3, he's dealing with the situation here. And uh, let's read this together. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto a spiritual, as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. So Paul saying, I want to talk to you about spiritual things as though you're a spiritual person. I wish that I could just talk to you like, a, like I'd talk to a spiritual person. But I'm having to talk to you as a carnal person, like you're a babe in Christ. I have to talk to you like you're someone who just got saved yesterday. And I fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are ye able. So I've been having, I can't give you spiritual stakes. I can't, I can't talk to you about important things. I can't talk to you about the deep things of God. How many want to talk about the deep things of God once in a while? Paul's saying, I can't even talk to you about the deep things of God because you're like a baby and you can't handle it. I've got to give you milk. And even now I want to talk to you about these things, but you can't handle it. You can't deal with it. Verse three, for ye are yet carnal for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions. Are ye not carnal? Then he kind of asked a rhetorical question. Don't you hate it when preachers ask a rhetorical question? Which is what I just did. Are ye not carnal and walk as men? And so Paul is saying that jealousy is associated with, with all of these things that cause us to be carnal and spiritually immature. Jealousy is associated with other uh, bad qualities as well that can infiltrate an entire congregation, a family, a marriage. And uh, look again at what Paul said at the end of his second epistle. Uh, Paul warns the Corinthians church, uh, For I fear, lest when I come, I shall not find you such as I would. I won't find you the way I want to find you. And that I shall be found unto you such as ye would not, lest there be debates, envyings, wraths, strifes, backbitings, whisperings, swellings, tumults, so every one of these things that Paul just mentioned 
are enemies of unity. Everyone said unity. All of these things are enemies of unity. Envy and jealousy are probably the single greatest cause of disharmony that any church ever faces. And jealousy is the root cause of disunity. Look at Galatians 5 and 26. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. Jealousy robs us of our kingdom inheritance. Let's look at this. All, all of these things. Paul says he lists all the works of the flesh. We won't read them. You're familiar with them. But you go down to verse 21. And what's the first one listed there? Envyings. They which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And finally, in closing, stand with me all across the building. The antidote for jealousy and really most of the sins of the heart is love. Everyone said love. Look at 1 Corinthians 13 and 4. Charity suffereth long. Could we read this out loud? Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Could we lift up our hands and ask the love of the Lord to just come and fill our hearts? Dear Lord Jesus, right now, God, I pray that charity would grip our lives. Lord, that we would combat every element of disunity with love, God. I pray that your perfect love that casteth out fear would enter into our hearts right now. I give you praise. I give you glory. I give you honor. We love you in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.